Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, demystifying the FBS selection process, a guide for evaluating product quality, origination, and cost considerations. I'm Brandy Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Chris Scanlon, Global Marketing Development Manager at Thermo Fisher Scientific. Chris is the Global Marketing Development Manager at Thermo Fisher Scientific, and his focus is on the Gibco Serra FBS portfolio. He has been the head of the International Serum Industry Association's Marketing Committee since 2015. Over the past 14 years, he has been focused in the life sciences industry. He has developed and led key marketing programs and new product introductions for well-recognized brands like Gibco and Invitrogen. Prior to his 14 years at Thermo Fisher Scientific, he spent over eight years working in various marketing roles in the United Kingdom, with most of the time spent at Orange PCS, now EE. I wanted to start today by talking about the evolution of FBS. It has evolved to include several different product quality levels to meet the needs of end users. Could you describe the evolution of differentiating FBS based on different quality attributes? I've been in the business with FBS for almost 14 years now. And just in that period of time, I've seen an evolution where more and more suppliers of FBS are trying to add more tests to the FBS to help meet certain application requirements for researchers, just to help define it more. Because as we, as most folks know, FBS is the only undefined reagent in cell culture. So the more you can give um, kind of a clearer picture of this reagent, the more comfortable that researchers feel when using it and make sure that they have that comfort level that it won't cause any reactions they were hopefully not expecting to happen while they're culturing their cells. So that's a very important thing that has evolved. And I, I think from what I've heard from others who've been in the um, business even longer than I You've heard some kind of numbers thrown around where, say, 20, 30 years ago, there was roughly around 20 tests that were conducted on FBS. And now companies, including, I mean, Dipco is um, kind of sets the bar at that. Our most recent product launch, we have a product now that has 96 tests conducted on its product, almost 100 tests to kind of give it a really refined and defined scope of the product to give that reassurance, as I mentioned. I know you hear a lot about where serum originated as one way to differentiate serum. Uh, How important is serum origination and what does it tell consumers? Well, origin does have some importance in respects to viruses, for example. Some regions still have things like foot and mouth, blue tongue, to name a few. But also from a regulatory standpoint, certain products can't get into certain countries. For example, U.S. origin FBS can't go into China or Brazilian FBS can't go into the U.S. So sometimes it matters from a virus perspective, and sometimes it matters from a regulatory perspective. That being said, I know from a recent study we did here at Gibco, it took about 18 months. We did both our qualitative and quantitative and talked to um, just over 500 researchers. And they told us out of all the specifications that helped determine quality, and we got 15 that were fed back to us from these researchers, Origin was number 12 on the list. We had a lot of really important specs in that top 10, like endo, hemo, total protein, filtration quality, things like that were always the ones seeming to be the top of the list for researchers. And it wasn't the origin. That was very much an eye-opener because I thought origin would be in at least the top 10, if not the top five. So we're seeing more and more that researchers really look at the quality specifications like endo, hemo, to really determine if it's going to be right for their cells or their application. That is really interesting. I would have guessed it would have been much higher too. So it's always interesting to get that data back and to see actually where things lie and really an interesting thing that you found about origin. 
since we're talking about different characteristics, uh, what do you find are some of the characteristics of FBS that end users are looking for most? The number one that I've seen across all regions is endotoxin. And the reason why is that it really helps to define the quality of the serum. And what I mean by that is endotoxin, when you collect it at the source, is where that number comes to be, whether it be 50, 20, less or equal to one is some of the specifications you see out there. But endotoxins really determines how well you collect the raw serum. You know, do you have a closed system? Do you use aseptic techniques? Because once that number is determined at that early onset, you can't change that. So it, it really helps tell a researcher looking at that number, how good is that, is that serum? Has it been exposed to things that might you know, potentially hinder my research? So they really use endotoxin as a great quality marker. And that's why it's important for a lot of suppliers, including ourselves, to try to make sure our endotoxin levels are as, as low as they can be to give that customer that reassurance that you're getting a high quality product. So I would say endo is definitely number one. And you get some other ones like hemoglobin, total protein, osmolarity, pH, filtration, as I mentioned before. So some of those other ones that sometimes you take for granted are the ones that really help the customer or researcher decide what product to buy. Along those lines of helping customers figure out what to buy, I know that at Thermo Fisher Scientific that you categorize your FBS in a specific way to help end users not only find the best product for their needs, but also to clarify what to expect from each product. Could you describe the approach that you've used and why you chose to, to use that approach? Before we did this work, we had a lot of customers, and even our, our own internal people, trying to understand prior to this change, we had five categories, and a lot of them overlapped, so it was really hard to delineate between them, which obviously made that process of talking to the customers on which one's best for them sometimes a difficult conversation to have. And a lot of times, they automatically would go to where it came from in the world. Hey, we have Australian, or we have U.S. origin. So rather than having them kind of go to that, which we now know wasn't a, one of the most important things to consider when buying FBS, we really looked at our whole portfolio and tried to figure out at the early onset of how do we make this a lot easier for the customer, whether they're talking to a rep from Thermo Fisher Scientific or they're going on our website. And we really were able to kind of simplify it in, a very, um, in three categories rather than the five that we had prior. We basically put it into a value, a premium, and a specialty. And you can see right away when you go online at thermofisher.com forward slash FBS, value has up to 50 quality tests. And then when you look at premium, it has up to 96 quality tests. And usually when we say up to, it varies from 90 to 96. And then the um, value is usually between mid 40s up to 50. So right away with the quality tests, the amount, you can easily tell, oh, I see that it's an obvious difference. And depending on what I'm doing, if I'm working with really robust cell lines and they they grow really easily and they can grow on doorknobs, as some people say, they can probably stick with value FBS. But if they're doing more difficult applications or working with primary cells, sometimes they require that more stringent quality and that higher quality level. So they'll go to the premium FBS. And we also have our specialty FBS category, which hasn't changed, but that one's very easily um, delineated from the other two because it's a specialty and there's different processes done to make that product what it is, whether it be charcoal strip, ultra low IgG or exosome depleted. So we really went through that route and we found quite early on, one, our sales team had a much easier time explaining our portfolio to the customers. And we noticed online that a lot of customers now were going to those categories and easily making a selection based on the criteria that we laid out in front of them. 
So we found the user experience online to be a lot easier now that we simplified the categories and really made it a clear delineation between the three. That was kind of what we learned. And that was going back to that data that I talked about earlier about what customers care about. We really focus on the specifications rather than where it comes from in the world. So that's kind of the process we went through. And so far, it's been working out really well for uh, researchers. That's great. I think that really does a lot to help end users make decisions about what they need. You touched on specialty FBS as a category that you offer. Do you offer any custom options? Yeah, we do offer custom options. Some customers, especially pharma, might ask for gamma radiated. It's a great way to reduce the viral load in FBS. Some people want a mixture of HI and gamma rated together. So those are some of the common requests we get for customers. What I would always say to customers before they jump to something like that, because we have a broad portfolio, I would always say, check out what we have already. And there could be something in there that matches your need perfectly. We even have a tool called iMatch. We call it the iMatch Serolot Matching Tool. And that tool allows our FBS specialist team to work with that researcher, find out what their needs are, You know, if, if they need certain levels of glucose or testosterone or estrogen, whatever it may be, depending on their application, they can give those numbers to the FBS specialist to find the perfect match that we have in inventory at that moment in time to say, hey, we have a match that's like 90% to what you're asking for. And usually anytime we get a match of 80% or better, we call it the I-match guarantee, where we feel comfortable to say that you're going to get that same consistent result that you had previously with your past lot of FBS. So that's a great tool to utilize and working with our FBS specialist team. So I would really say, um, check that out first. But like I mentioned, we do have custom options and we have a custom team that actually works with you to find out exactly what you need, the levels you need and all that stuff that sometimes you have to get down to very granular levels. And they work through the whole process to make sure it's done on time and to budget. So we do have a team that specifically handles those requests. The iMatch sounds like a really helpful system for finding the right FBS. I know that cost is often a factor in FBS purchasing, and we hear that a lot. Could you tell listeners about the basis for pricing of FBS and how researchers can get the most out of their budget when it comes to FBS purchasing? So when it comes to cost of FBS and supply as well, there's a lot of dynamics out there that can impact that. So I would always say to researchers, if they're using FBS in their research, to work closely with their supplier, whether they have an account manager or an FBS specialist they can work with, always work with them to see if they kind of have an insight of what's going on and when maybe price might be going up or even down or or the fluctuation in supply. Because there's a lot of dynamics, one that suppliers can envision and, and kind of plan for accordingly, but then there's a lot of other ones that we just can't plan for, whether it be environmental issues, whether it's a drought or some major storm that devastates a place where they have, we have a lot of cows and supply coming from that region, or it could be even geopolitical events that impact it as well. So as you can imagine, a lot of those kind of things we have no control over or have any insight ahead of time to be able to plan accordingly for our supply. So, and also if they can buy a larger quantity at a time where they can secure what they need for maybe a year or 18 months, that might be helpful as well. So if things do change, they already have their supply for a prolonged period to keep them somewhat protected. And also when you buy a larger amount, you can tend to get better discounts because you're buying a larger amount at a time as opposed to just buying it when you need it. So that would be my recommendation to researchers. I think that's great advice. I mean, there's always ways to work with suppliers to try and get a better option on the, on the pricing and to try to plan ahead. I've heard feedback that selecting an FBS can be quite confusing. What do you recommend to researchers who are unsure about finding the right FBS for their application? 
This is a great question because we do get a lot of customers are confused in respects of just understanding, you know, I've been, you know, they might be talking to one supplier that has a premium product and then they talk to us and they see there's definitely differences with our premium compared to say someone else's. And that happens a lot because there's no kind of standardization in the naming of FBS products. And someone who might name theirs premium, that might be our value FBS. So they might be saying, wow, you guys charge a lot for your premium. And this supplier charges like 40% less, but they're not matching apples to apples. So it's very important to really understand the details behind that name. I mean, if you go by the name, you might be putting yourself in an uncomfortable predicament based on whatever the quality of that FBS is. So I would always recommend to researchers to ask for that certificate of analysis. We can see the granularity behind the name. We can see what the endo level, endotoxin level is, the hemoglobin total protein, some of those specifications I mentioned before. All that testing they do should be on the certificate of analysis. And you can see how that compares to your previous lot and really, you know, be able to kind of assess if this is going to kind of do the same kind of job that you need it to do as compared to your previous lot you might have bought. 12 months ago. So I would really um, look into those kind of things to reassure you that you're you're basing your decisions on specifications rather than things like names that can be very misleading. And also, I know I've been working closely um, with the ISIA, which is the International Serum Industry Association, and they've been trying to do their best to standardize things like whether it be the certificate of analysis, have all the suppliers have the same type of naming conventions on that certificate, but also trying to improve the naming conventions for product labels. So not everyone can put premium or ultra or, or no worries, FBS. A lot of those names sometimes can, you know, not really paint a clear picture for the customer. And, you know, many of them, many of these researchers want to get in, find what they need and get back to their research. They don't want to get confused or not really understand what the heck the product is all about. They want to be able to have clear things that make that decision easy. And then they can get back to what's more important to them themselves. That's a great thing to point out. I think you're exactly right. I mean, without naming conventions or, or understanding exactly what that everyone is using the exact same name to describe an exact product quality or you know group of tests that are conducted, et cetera, it's really hard for the consumer to be able to uh, compare and contrast. So I think your recommendation of looking at the certificate of analysis is a perfect way to ensure that everybody understands exactly what they're getting and that they can be sure that they're getting what they need. I want to thank you so much for participating today. I think this has been a really interesting discussion about FBS and also about ways to be a smart consumer, I guess, for lack of a better term, on FBS purchasing. I wanted to see if you had anything else that you'd like to add for listeners or any new products or technologies that are on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation today. Um, So yeah, there's two things I like to talk about at the end here is this is kind of rare for us. We have two new products that one just launched a couple of weeks ago and one will be launching on August 17th. It's it's kind of a rarity to have two new products launching in consecutive months in our business, especially a business like FBS is is a commoditized business has been around for almost 60 years. So we're really excited. The one product that'll be coming out later this month is our TET system approved FBS. And we've been actually getting a lot of requests from researchers for us to come out with a product like this. We're excited to finally bring it out. And the thing that really sets this apart from other competitors that have this product already on the market is one is our product is functionally tested. So we test it to give the customers that reassurance that they're not going to get an unexpected outcome when they're working in their uh, gene expression systems, for example. So we do the testing for that to then give them that reassurance, but also what you also get with the product, you get the gift code quality, as I've touched on before in previous answers. 
And you also get the innovative packaging. You get the you can get it in the boxy bottle format, which is our 500 ml bottle that's ergonomically designed, and or you can get samples of it in our one shot bottle, our 50 ml bottle. So we're really excited about that product when it comes out in just under two weeks' time. And another product we just launched a few weeks ago, back on July 15th, is our Premium Plus FBS. It's in our premium category, but it's by far the, the best in class in the FBS market. I might have touched on it before where this particular product has 96 quality tests. Our premium has 90, so you might think, wow, only six more tests. When you're talking 90, 96, it's still a lot. But there's a lot of things in there that really have it stand apart from our premium FBS is that one, those six additional tests are performed on six commonly used cell lines to determine the consistency of cell proliferation. And in order for this to get released, it needs to be greater than 80% of the control. And we also do growth cloning and planning on this product and have release criteria for that as well at greater than 80% against the control. So what that really is delivering for the customer is that consistency they strive for because I'm not sure you know, if everyone knows this, but FBS is the only undefined origin in cell culture. So it's key that the more you can do to kind of remove that uncertainty, the more comfortable the research is going to be. So that's really what this Premium Plus offers. And we're really kind of, you know, talk, reaching out to vaccine, diagnostic, and therapeutic users of, who are doing those kind of those applications. But this product is kind of right in line of the kind of work they're doing where they need a really premium product. So we're really excited about these products now that one's out already and one's soon to come to really start talking about these with researchers and, and letting them get a chance to try it out. So again, if you go to thermofisher.com forward slash FBS, you can go on that page and request a sample of Premium Plus now. And soon you can request a sample of our TET system approved FBS. So really excited about those two products. Well, that sounds great. And all of the products that you mentioned and also website pages that you mentioned, we'll be sure to include those in the show notes for listeners so that they can easily find those resources. Great. Thanks. Thanks very much. And thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other stem cell and biomanufacturing related topics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.